Coach Nick has some uh, marmalade and so what looks like uh, what is it, that? That would be peanut butter. Is that organic peanut butter though? That no, looks it's no? regular stuff. Well, you got some Skippy on there. I don't know what the hell it what, is. What craft? Kind of, you really you buy craft? It was on sale. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gumball Buying the Ball Tour. <laughs> My name is Mark Morelli. I'll uh, sort of be your podcast host <laughs> for the duration of <laughs> the next hour or so. Uh, for those of you that uh, have taken in our podcast before, uh, we run a pretty unscripted event here at the Canadian Gun Vault. We talk about whatever's on our minds. And we eat if we want to eat. And if we're hungry and we can find the time, we'll actually eat. Yes. had breakfast yet. You know, if people ever wondered whether or not we're, uh, we're busy over here, uh, you know, it's funny. You know, the less activity you see online, probably the busier I am. I, uh, I love to deliver uh, Instagram posts and Facebook posts, and uh, we try and do as many of these podcasts as possible. I'm really looking forward to uh, returning to our uh, YouTube fans with some new videos. Uh, now that the weather's cooling down and we're looking uh, a little more typically Canadian, I'm uh, excited to get out there and shoot while the uh, leaves are turning. Yeah, welcome to fall. Yeah, man, that came on fast. We went yes, from you know, we went from really hot, hot summer to uh, all of a sudden things have cooled down dramatically, and they're getting awful wet. It's been uh, it's been kind of uh, interesting over here. What what? No, not <laughs> You're gonna leave that one alone. Yeah. All right. So uh, lately, you know, anything been going on uh, that has come to your immediate attention that needs to be discussed, Coach Nick? Yeah, like everybody. The thing that, that and I've been talking to people at work about this is is this second wave. Oh yeah. There's not a second wave, and I'll, I'll tell you because <laughs> I saw some guy. Yeah. Do the breakdown this week, specific yeah. to Ontario, and I will read it to you okay. as soon as I can find it. All right, let's examine, let's examine the facts. Okay, so give me three seconds here, sorry. Okay, there it is. All right. So again, this is specific to Ontario okay. this past week. And the statement goes, the daily case, case count is always the number that makes headlines in this pandemic. Oh, sorry, to give a little context here, it, it, it debate... In discussion with people at work in the staff room around the numbers, because they come in every day. Oh my God, the numbers this and numbers that, and I, I don't go looking for it because I don't particularly care, yeah. and I'm I'm not overly concerned. So, but it's typically a, a topic of conversation in the staff room. So I'm in there having lunch the other day. One of my colleagues comes in. Hey Nick, just did you did you catch a number today? I'm like, no, I I, I didn't. And I, and I said, to be honest with you, I don't really go and seek it out. Like I I, I kind of don't care. And it kind of one thing led to another in the conversation. I said, by the way, let me let me read this to you. And this is what I read to him. The daily case count is always the number that makes headlines in this pandemic. It means a lot less than one might think. Daily numbers that are about as high as last spring's peak suggest we're right back where we started, but we're not. Testing volume is now four times as great as it was back then. More tests equal more cases. More important is the percentage of tests that yield a positive result. In the spring, it was 7.5%. Now, it's 1.5%. If Ontario had the testing capacity in the spring that it has now, the first wave's numbers would easily have dwarfed those we are seeing this week. So there's, there's perspective. And that was the whole thing is that the conversation we're having is that the media does not give any context whatsoever to these numbers. We're finding out now that Toronto's reporting numbers that, that came in in June. So, so okay, but we're in the second wave. We're in the second wave. Not a chance we're in the second wave. You know, I, I think more importantly, uh, you know, we've got to look at things like the death numbers. You know, like everybody's focusing on the number of cases. Which are very low. And, and yeah, like the death numbers are low. Okay, so the case numbers are going up, but the death numbers... But No, I was going to say there's another reason why the case numbers are going up as well. So I'll give you an example using my line line of employment as a teacher. In August, we had our PD days and they said, okay, you have to do a self-test before coming to school every day. They gave us a flyer with the eight symptoms on it, like runny nose, yada, yada. Eight. This went home to parents... This was posted in the schools. A week and a half later, the board says, we're going to kibosh that. We're not using that anymore. We're going to use the government of Ontario's anonymous website to do yourself check before you come in every day. So I, I click on the government of Ontario's website. It has twice the amount of symptoms on it. Mm. So if you're casting a bigger net, yeah. you're going to catch more fish. Hence another 
reason why the numbers are going up. Number two. So when you go on the government, this is this is the, the weird part. You, you you go on the government on terror website. And it has all the symptoms listed. You click one or more, whatever it is that, that you may be experiencing. So just for the sake of it, to see, I decide to click. And it asks you, do any of the following symptoms, are these normal for you? So sniffles, this, that. Fever was one of them. Who normally has a fever as part of their, their condition? Fever's one of them. I'm like, okay, so let's do that. So I click on fever proceeds in the next screen asking if if the doctors told you not to stay home this and that whatever whatever went through two other questions click the final result it still says you go to school i'll show it to you if you want if anybody out there hasn't looked at the government ontario website yet for the covid screening and it's anonymous so you can go through it it it, it, it there's i don't know who normally would have a fever but then would be told that you could still go to your employer. So so just throwing that out there for everybody. What a circus. What a circus. I, uh, I'm completely blown away, though, by the public's unwillingness to even discuss it at times. Um, it seems as though anybody that should raise their voice and say, wait a minute, is being silenced on the Internet. There's, there appears to be, at every turn, some form of censorship impacting just a bit yeah to what people are doing uh in social media uh the fact checkers are my favorite like i mean i couldn't even tell a joke (laughs) without it getting knocked down and we know for a fact that you know once you get fact checked and then you get that you know that icon on your screen uh that allows people to stop and you know it's just no false you know yeah, and, yeah. and then explains their version of the truth which is really you know like you okay question so, this source yeah just you know question the source and yeah it, it's really it's really starting to get difficult here's another little ditty for you that well, i came we, across we recently what so in the 1960s the kgb did something fat did some fascinating psychological experiments okay they learned that if you bombarded human subjects with fear messages nonstop, in two months or less, most of the subjects are completely brainwashed to believe the false message to the point that no amount of clear information they are shown to the contrary can change their mind. So the government and the media have been bombarding us for eight months with, with this stuff. It really Just another little little conversation piece there for you. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, judging from uh, by some of the arguments I heard, you know, years ago when they began to talk about things like gun control, uh, they started talking about domestic abuse and domestic violence. And uh, I very clearly remember Tracy Wilson standing up at the front and saying, "Wait a minute!" Right. Like you could you could see you could see them starting trying to, to try muddy and, the waters. They're trying to muddy the waters and paint the, this picture of uh, legal gun owners as dangerous to their spouses. And and they talked about suicide uh, rates. And of course, uh, there was plenty of information um, that would, uh, you know, properly inform people to the contrary of what they were putting out during those town hall meetings uh, about three years ago in Toronto. But you could see them starting to design the framework. Uh, And I really do believe that, you know, constantly bombarding people uh, with fear and uh, with, you know, the collapse of small businesses everywhere across Canada that they really probably expected by now. There would be more things like mass shootings and, uh, you know, some spousal abuse involving firearms and or, you know, people committing suicide with guns. It really does speak to the resiliency of the Canadian people. Uh, in my mind, I really do think that everybody's weathered the storm quite well. I think that a lot of people are pretty much done with it. Um, I, I'm running into more people every day that indicate to me that this thing's been completely overblown by the media. Like people are waking up. It's ha- it's happening. Well, interestingly enough, I was at groceries this morning yeah. and went down the one aisle and it seemed there seemed to be some space where the toilet paper was again. So I don't know if there's, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that was just a few from the first time that decided they wanted to you know start a black market for for toilet paper i mean there was some but there was a a lot of empty, empty really? ga- yeah yeah, yeah. 
Ah, uh, the old toilet paper trick. You know, seeing I'm just going to reuse mine. That's it'll be fine. Oh God, <laughs> causing panic. You know, buy all the toilet paper you can. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. I, I always tell people, you know what? Um, being a prepper, you know, it, it doesn't mean you're crazy. It just means you're prepared. It's kind of the point. Um, you no, know, but the problem is. You get that not one, not that that I hoard toilet paper or anything. No, no, but you always get that one percent of whatever community or, or, or segment of society that you're talking about. There's always one percent or less that are a little different. <laughs> that are a little different. But it seems now that I mean, part for the course, the one percent is 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 getting. They're using the one percent to paint everybody yeah. with the same brush, right? <clears throat> well, I, I can tell you right now, I'm. I'm standing in line at the post office, uh, you know, and or out and about on my travels. And I'm running into more people every day outside of, you know, normal uh, firearm related circles. I'm running into just Joe Public uh, that just isn't buying it anymore the same way they once did. And uh, a lot of people, you know, just fed up. Uh, You can see them, though, painting the picture in the media. You know, of this deadly virus that, of course, you know, is so deadly, you have to take a test in order to know whether or not yeah, you got it. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I, I've always wondered why, uh, you know, police, some of the filthiest fuckers in the country. Uh, <laughs> are you talking yeah. from a hygienic standpoint? Yeah. yeah or are you yeah. talking from no, a uh, for, for life no, choice? Or no, no. I'm ta- how I'm ta- they conduct I, themselves you know, in their free I, time? I, hygienic. I, I could tell you, I like working. Working as part of a police organization, I learned one thing. Cops can be gross. Uh, you know, like you do, you handle things and touch things and open oh, doors yeah, that you, you know, you probably can't even imagine uh, putting your hands on as a member of the general public. Uh, you know, there's a reason why cops have you know started wearing gloves in many, uh, many instances. I don't blame them. But uh, like every, everything that comes into contact with a police officer, it, it's like contaminated um you see and everything else well, you right? know, well you're you're rolling around on the ground with some of the seediest members uh of oh, we're society. talking during work again now yeah, right? well, not, yeah not that's, that's right that's right well that too I'm the sure. staff room or the some you, the change room or anything like wow. that hygiene just all listen it's bad enough i'm talking about the poor hygiene but uh, you know i imagine by now they've uh, gotten things uh worked out and, you know, more hand wash stations and, uh, you know, places where you can disinfect uh, your gear. I think that's probably been addressed by now. But, uh, you know, I always wondered why police weren't dropping like flies, like EMS weren't dropping like flies, like uh, the homeless weren't or, dropping uh, yeah. like flies. Or the homeless who you have know, like, no health care support. God love them. Mm. No hygiene. A lot of times are very, very low levels of hygiene. Mm-hmm. But you don't find homeless bodies like. Coming up all over the well, place, right? You, you, if you remember at the beginning of this thing, China showed you know pictures of people drawing China, China, China. You know, Chinese television was uh, you know there were there were pictures of people dropping dead, like standing up. But, but okay, but again, it's China. How do you know that that's what? That was. How do you well, know that uh, that well, was exactly? But that like, was COVID. I mean, I, Maybe I, the guy was having an epileptic seizure. I like, think. Well, when when you know word finally broke of this virus, which by the way, you know, uh, our minister of health has now admitted that they knew about it back in December. They were debriefed. I know that that was a point in questioning. They were debriefed, and thank God they they what defunded or or broke up the the pandemic. Um, what what is it? The pandemic early warning system or whatever it was. Yeah. Good thing that they did that. That was great timing. And 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 again, this is not you know conspiracy theory, folks. I mean, this is getting brought up in Parliament by our uh, conservative leadership. Uh, Aaron O'Toole was speaking about it, and I know that them pulling the plug on something so important and now saying that it's incredibly vital. Like, I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Um, you know, they wouldn't answer the question. Uh, it was it was posed you know, uh, quite some time ago, you know, when did you know about this virus? Like, were you debriefed? You know, the liberals were questioned quite directly uh, by the conservative government and would not give an answer. And of course, now, now openly, uh, Ms. Hadju there is admitting that they, they were aware of it in December. And, and folks, like we weren't being told about this until what, February, March? I mean, well, March, mid-March is when they closed the schools. So we knew about it and were made aware about about two weeks before that, that maybe whatever kind of thing. So yeah, I would say February, maybe late January. I I, I was going to say, I was going to say mid, uh, mid February. I remember I'd come back from SHOT Show. Uh, I was, you know, uh, 
on the other side of the border and you know of course we're in las vegas and you know i'm uh, <laughs> i'm remembering quite clearly you know, coming back from Shot Show, feeling a little under the weather, and I remember yeah, some but of that the had like, nothing to do with Shot Show. Uh -huh. No, well, no, no, no. But like frequenting certain places. No, no. Yeah, I'm touching handrails and escalators and elevator buttons people. and you know uh, pulling slot machine handles, just like anybody else might in Las Vegas. What was uh, that? What else was going on in Vegas at that time? Wasn't yeah. there another convention or something? Oh yeah, <laughs> had nothing to do with that. Hey? You know, what? we we didn't make the <laughs> AVN awards. Uh, we didn't we didn't we didn't hit that one. Uh, uh, you know, maybe next year. Who knows? Maybe. All right. All right. Uh, Live on location. Uh, that I'm sure. I'm sure our viewers would love that one. Um, no, no. You know what? Like I remember being in Las Vegas and coming back and feeling a little under the weather, and some of the people that I was down there with feeling, you know, the same. And you know, then news broke uh, of this deadly virus, and then the images you saw on the television were of people like like walking in the street, stopping, and, and, and just then flaking just, out, and, done, and, and, and just just falling, just and dropping. Yeah, like some of them are face planting and. Uh, you know that was that was the first images the world saw of, of of this virus. We don't know that that was had anything to do. With, like, it's China. They lied. We don't know that that's had anything to do with it. Well, Who knows? Well, like, what, how can you? What can we believe now? Well, with China. To anything China, right? Well, I, I I can tell you one thing we do know about China is China. China's well, the Chinese government anyway. Um, yeah. They they do tend to lie. They have a long track record of the mistreatment of their populations. Uh, I don't even want to get into talking about uh, Hong Kong right now, but I mean, there's there's definitely a long history of human rights violations and uh, the manipulation of the media. Uh, out there is considered to be quite normal. Uh, so, you know, to inspire some fear, like, first of all, uh, they had a problem. They didn't share it with the world right away. Uh, then, of course, right. our leaders didn't share it with us right away. Yeah. Uh, and, and now, you know, even though the case numbers are climbing because more people are being tested, uh, the death rates are not going up. And, uh, of course, nobody's talking about that. So... You know, I, I just want people to consider the possibility that they've been misled by uh, their government and uh, the news media groups. You know, th that, like that's that's what it boils down to. Uh, there may be, in fact, uh, a concerted, uh, coordinated, uh, well-funded effort to keep people uh, in fear of this virus. And, and that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And it doesn't mean that we don't uh, recommend that people wash their hands and stay as sanitary as possible and maintain good no, social cleanliness, distance. Cleanliness needs you to know, be maintained, well, you for know, sure. Cl clearly, clearly, we're going through something where the most uh, vulnerable uh, of our citizens are you know, susceptible to it, and, and they must be cared for. But I think at this point, I, I think if, if, if we continue to see that um, the initial numbers were incorrect, the projections were totally wrong, and the this, you know, second wave, as they call it, the one that they've been talking about since the first wave happened, I might add, uh, the second wave is coming now as kids return to school right in the middle of what would ordinarily be cold and flu season. Yes. So, you know, like, I mean, I, like I, I actually had the sniffles at one point the other day. I've been caught in the rain a couple of times. You know, I'd ridden my motorcycle, I think right afterwards. And, you know, I got the sniffles and I'm, I'm kind of not wanting to go outside for fear that, you know, somebody's going to think I have COVID when I sniffle around them. Um, you know, I don't want to be close to people if I'm feeling sick, but I don't feel sick. <laughs> so um, I, I do my best to maintain that healthy social distance as, as we recommend everybody does here at the Canadian Gut Vault. It's not like we don't give a shit. Like we, like I, I think it's important to protect our, our seniors. Uh, I think that we would be amiss if we didn't say that you know extra care should be taken to ensure that those people are safe. But at the same time, we've got to open our economy up again. Like the idea of closing oh, but, things but down. You, is but if you ask, what are what's what what's her head? The villa in Toronto. Let's shut everything down again. Ugh. Like. I got, <laughs> the, econ the economy can't take it. Like we... Like, Six people at a table in a restaurant, but that's which... Okay, fair enough. Yeah, like... But, but nonetheless, I'm recommending... Listen, just go... Just go home. Go on vacation. Get out... Like... People like that contribute to the panic, which causes people to not even... Like they... I think peop some people now are so panicked that they won't even consider... Uh, alternate or, or other information like I provided at, at, the, at, at the beginning of the podcast, which will, would put the numbers into context and pro provide a little perspective. That's the frightening part is they won't even consider that. Yeah. I, They're I, so scared of their, sh their shadow. And I, it's like, I've, I've run into, and some of them will surprise you. Like, I mean, these, these, these will be people that you know. And, you know, uh, I, I had a conversation with a young lady uh, not too long ago at the club. And, of course, she held her hand up the minute you know, 
I wanted to discuss that it's not quite as bad as be- she put her hand up in front of her and said, how old was she? So, you know what? She was, she was older. She was older. She, okay. she'd be, she'd be well into her sixties, which uh, totally understandable. And I looked yep. at her, I said, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. You got to, you got to be careful. But like, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't really believe that this thing is quite as bad as the media is kind of putting out there to the general public. You need to be careful. You definitely fall into that age grouping uh, that is most at risk. So I get it. Like, and I kept her at good length and uh, you know, but she said, you know, like, I just don't want to hear about, you know, that it's not real. And she kind of, she gets all frazzled. And I'm like, look, look, I'm not saying it's not real, but what I'm saying is, is that um, the government and the media may be intentionally trying to keep people in a state uh, of fear of this thing and maybe it's not as bad as they're saying it is and she's like you know well you know i'm i'm okay with that you know like and i'm like looking at her going what like you know what i'm not okay with my friends being no, i'm not unnecess- okay with that either. yeah like- you know what you know what you know my last comment to her and she absolutely stopped dead in her tracks was i'm not okay with the idea of anyone unnecessarily scaring my friends and I'm not okay with someone like someone like that with their fear dictating what I can and can't do. Oh yeah. If you're if you're again if you're the person that's always on edge and scared of your shadow, you don't. Why should okay that's fine and it's unfortunate, but why should that dictate what I can do, what I can't do, who I can see, who I can't see, how I live my life? It shouldn't. No. It shouldn't. Absolutely. Go go deal with your issue the way you feel best. But everybody shouldn't change and conform because. God forbid, like, you know, somebody sneezes and you, you have a seizure because of your fright. Get it looked after. Do something about it. Well, uh, certainly we're seeing some movement uh, towards, you know, the infringement of rights. Uh, I've, you know, heard some rumblings of, you know, warrantless searches of dwelling places and residences uh, by the police, you know, for public safety and i don't like that trend that doesn't sit well with me at all uh if uh, if in fact those are the types of things that we're going to be subjected to we really got to ask ourselves some pretty hard questions uh about what's right and what's not uh i i think as as a police service i, I totally get it your job is to enforce the law uh but at the same time like as leaders in our community and, and certainly the example that everybody should follow, like you should question whether or not they're um, constitutional orders. Or, or maybe just be an adult and, and not say, government, can you take care of me? Take care of yourself, you lazy prick. Like, well, don't be don't like I can't stand that attitude from, from people. Don't you're an adult. Don't expect to be parented by somebody. Don't don't put that don't put that expectation on somebody else. Take care of yourself. Well, I I want to I want to return to this one just for for one more moment because I think it's really important. Uh, you know, obviously, we have our challenges. Uh, you know, as a firearm community, and uh, you know, we're staring down the proverbial barrel of a gun as they uh, demand you know that we turn in our property to them in a two-year period of time. Uh, They can't seem to get any uh, people to bid on their contract to come up with a system that would properly uh, address compensation. They were handpicked, right? You know that? Oh, really? The 15 15 companies Mm -hmm. that were asked to to provide a tender or to... That service? Yeah. Yeah. They They were approached by the government and all 15 declined them. Nice. What does that say? Well, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not a morality issue. Business is business. They they must have looked at the logistics and said like, there's absolutely no way. Like, you don't have enough money for us to come up with a system that properly addresses the issue of uh, assessing every individual a firearm and providing uh, the necessary compensation and a system of collection slash uh, you know disposal, you know coordination with police services. Like, I mean, you would have to come up with so many full-time individuals and pay them such ridiculous salaries to come up with all that stuff. Um, you know, but, but more importantly, uh, I think that this, this one goes out to the boys and girls in law enforcement, you know, there is an out, um, you know, you as a police officer are not required to follow unconstitutional uh, commands or orders. And uh, what we've got here is a government that has just arbitrarily uh, banned private property, regardless of what it is, banned private property from ownership and is going to dictate that you um, collect that property, uh, you know, uh, from 
the current legal owners under duress uh, and, and penalty and punishment uh, under the law, you know, could, could be jail time for people that have never broken the rules. Uh, just imagine as a police officer, you're going to be going to someone's home or being going to be asked to go to someone's home to take their legally acquired property away from them. Okay. So like, let's just say it was like a car for nothing. Like the government just decided up in one day said, you know what, you can't have that car anymore. So now they're going to send the police to go over there and collect it, repo it. I mean, it could be anything, houses, bank accounts. Like, I mean, it's, it's a really, really awful, uh, you know, bit of a Pandora's box to use the police to enforce what is tantamount to unconstitutional law. Yeah. I mean, they're putting in a, a, a terrible position where they're made out to be the bad guy because they have to do someone else's dirty work. Yeah. You know, I, I remember Brian and I watching, uh, the Chernobyl TV miniseries there and uh, Brian at one point stopped uh, the film and looked at me and he says that's that's the signature move of communist governments and socialist governments right see those two guards they ordered to take the, that guy up to the roof I've right. never seen it you never saw it no oh, well at one point at one point <clears throat> in the uh, disaster that was the Chernobyl meltdown uh, you know the Communist Party was a lying to everybody about what was going on at first and when they finally admitted it uh, clearly they had you know <clears throat> people doing things that were very bad what? in that environment and and commu a communist leader had ordered two armed guards with you know AK-47s to take this guy up to the roof all right and isn't that isn't that just so true that there's always an asshole all right that will order two dummies, right, to go up to the roof with that Useful guy. Useful idiots. Right, that are going to die right along with the rest of them, right? Like, I mean, so those two guys, yeah, take him up to the roof, and they followed orders. They walked that guy up to the roof, and they saw the pretty lights and all the all the uh, glowing radioactive materials that were laying all over the place. Pretty lights. And, you know, I could tell you that uh, without a doubt, those two dumb idiot guards that walked that guy up to the roof died just as fast as that poor guy they took up it, there. It's eerily reminiscent of something that occurred in the mid-1940s. Yeah, isn't it, though? You know, well, I was just following orders. Yeah. Come on. You're going you're gonna to use that as an excuse? I, you know what? One of the most solid cops I know, you know, great guy. Uh, his name's Scott. I had a conversation with him way back when, and, you know, he sort of said to me at one point throughout the course of the conversation, regardless of what it was, and said, you know, hey, man, you know, like, orders are orders, right? I got to do it. You know, like, I mean, I, I got to follow orders. That's that's my job as a police officer. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, but like. Isn't the job to maintain public safety? Uh, to, hey, to serve and to protect. Yeah. And so, you know, your job to protect me involves uh, taking something away from me that I've legally owned for, you know, sometimes up to decades. How's that? What? Yeah. You know, exactly. like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure where you draw the line. Like, I mean, will I be able to come to your house and, you know, take your car, you know, arbitrarily if the government says you can't have it anymore? Like, I mean, how about anything else of yours yeah. that you don't want to give up, yeah. you know, like the money in your bank account? Um, you know, maybe, maybe that, uh, you know, set of fishing equipment. What if you're no longer allowed to fish? You know, they'll, they'll make it so that you can't do that and you've got all that equipment. Well, that's just an accident waiting to happen. We're going to seize that. Like, I mean, just imagine a government that has that much authority over its population, that it can just take anything it wants at any time it wants for any reason it wants, even if there's a lot of evidence to point to complete contrary of the shit that they're pushing. Like, you're still going to do it? Well, there's there's been a lot of examples in history as well of leaders that have been in that position, done that exact thing time and time again, and they haven't been very nice people. And very bad things happen to the population of those countries or the populations under those leaders. So, oh, but that won't happen here because it's Canada. Well, <laughs> I'm sure the people in that country were thinking the same thing. You know, and, and back to censorship for a second, um, you know, and, and speaking about socialism and communism, you know, you really can't post anything on the internet right now without, you know, a high level of scrutiny, certainly not in social media. Like, let's say I wanted to post a picture of uh, the Chinese government. Uh, you know, there's well-documented, you know, atrocities. Uh, I, I know that there's this one photo of uh, a Chinese uh, official with an AK-47 shooting a mother holding her child. 
And and what a horrible image, you know, to have burned into your brain. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Nobody should have to even see it. But I mean, it's out there. And, you know, if I wanted to ever show that photo as a reminder to a listening public or a viewing public, um, a reminder of how bad, you know, it can actually get, you know, where they're shooting people in mass and just dropping them in ditches and covering them up like that's that's what socialism has the tendency to evolve into you know when mishandled and i mean i don't trust this government to operate a toaster let alone bring us into socialism safely like i mean nothing that they do or touch seems to work out very well our economy was collapsing long before covid ever arrived on scene and we're going to trust these guys to take care of us and you know bring us into a socialist like government no way not, not in a million years. Go ahead. Well, no, I just I, not bring us. I, I wouldn't want anybody bringing us into a socialist government. Never mind the liberals. Well, you know that's exactly what they're doing, though. I mean, I could no, no. I could, I'm just I, saying. I, I, I can tell you right now, like censorship of the media. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, I, I it could be the conservatives. I don't. I still wouldn't want to be brought into a socialist government. Well, I, I think I think at this point, it's you know obviously been recognized. Um, I saw a great article in the National Post, uh, Leslie Lewis, one of our Conservative Party members, you know, made the comment that this is more or less uh, a, a silent uh, socialist coup in Canada, that this movement is, you know, sweeping, sweeping across the country and being pushed by the liberal government. You know, certainly supported by the NDP party, uh, who, by the way, was a, was a terrible disappointment backing Trudeau. If you uh, if you ever supported the NDP, now would be a great time to jump ship. Uh, I, I really well, there was really that article that came out that apparently they're eight million in debt. Oh yeah, they're they're screwed. I, I get it. You want your party to survive and uh, everything else, but like not at the cost of the so entire. So Jagmeet has to get out the knee pads and. Wow, just unreal. Uh, I was I was. But I mean, he's surprised. he's an insignificant leader anyway. So like, who listens to what he has to say? Uh, but but, right? but his but his vote counts, and people elected him to be in that position, and everybody that elected that man to be in power should be should be on him like crazy for making this move and oh yeah because he's totally well i shouldn't say he's totally abandoned because the ndp and and the liberals they're they're man they're, they're very similar oh yeah in a lot of their party policies and their mandates and beliefs and all that that kind of malarkey as well so it kind of doesn't surprise me but is malarkey the technical term yes <laughs> that's the i'm not it, it's the weekend i can use whatever words i want so it, 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 but it seems like he's kind of totally abandoned anything just to try to maintain some kind of significance or keep his name in, in the headlines, right? Because I guess there's been calls for his, his to him to resign or as a new the, leader. Kind as of. there should be. But I mean, there, and, and, as far as I'm concerned, the, the, the NDP has always marketed themselves on we're the we're the the working man's party it's like i don't know about that i don't think you've been the working man's party for a few years now i don't think you give a rat's ass about labor wow. so it was or organized labor i should say it was it was really really disgusting to kind of watch uh, a grown man and a party leader you know completely succumb to the pressure uh you know like I can't even imagine how, you know, that's going to spin. term reach around comes into mind right now when it comes to wow. Jagmeet and Justin. Yeah. Sorry. Well, and then, and then we've got, of course, the uh, U.S. debates. We've got to talk about that. Oh, I didn't watch it. I know you didn't. I didn't watch it. I, I, I know you didn't. And you, and you, and you, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. You didn't miss anything enjoyable. No, I, I saw it the next day. I saw, well, I didn't say I saw it, but I caught snippets the next day on social media and maybe watched collectively about five minutes. I'm like, okay, that pretty much, I pretty much kind of get the gist of what happened last night. So, well, you know, I, I watched it from start to finish and, uh, you know, my, you know, unfortunately the takeaway, uh, for, for, you know, most of the mainstream media groups is that somehow, uh, Donald Trump, you know, wouldn't denounce, you know, white supremacy, which is total bullshit. Uh, <laughs> you know, over, 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 over the years, he's been very clear. Well, it is bullshit because the very next day after, after the, the debate, that was one of the things that didn't denounce. But then somebody put a montage together of the last almost four years of him do, doing just that yeah. <laughs> in those exact words. Yep. Yep. 
it's it, it's it's kind of frightening to see the twist that the media love to put on things. And then, of course, all the evidence is there if you're just willing to look. Uh, if you're watching the mainstream media news groups, you know you might be led misled to believe that Joe Biden is a you know a good candidate and that uh, Donald Trump is you know the consummate asshole. Uh, I can tell you right now that you know they they keep on trying to paint him up to be things he's not. Uh, certainly, four years of impeachment trials uh, yielded nothing uh, at every turn. Well, it did, no, it didn't do nothing. It did. It wasted a lot of taxpayer money. Is what oh yeah, it did. oh yeah, yeah. Wasted a lot of time in government that probably could have been devoted to things like oh I don't know human trafficking or child trafficking. People people should be righteously pissed uh, at the waste and uh, definitely in my in my opinion like I mean I'm I've always been a fan of Trump's. Yeah, he's brash. Yeah, he says some things that are a little offside sometimes. I get it. Uh, he's not very presidential, but I think that's part of his appeal. I, I, I really would say do. I don't know if the I would agree with the term he's not presidential. He's not. He's not very political. You that's, know what? That's a different... And, and because presidential is... You know what I mean? Like, he I, doesn't conduct himself like a politician. He never has. Let me let me clarify. When I say... I know what you... Yeah. When, when, I say, when I say, you know, uh, not very presidential, I think he's redefining what uh, the president's role should be. Well, I mean, he's maybe, a, he's a, maybe he just he, is doing that. Well, you know, when you think about it, the last time we had a great president was Ronald Reagan. He was an entertainer. I mean, like, it, seriously, like, I mean, I actually, I enjoy watching Donald Trump. I love his rallies, right? Like, you know, when he got in front of North Carolina, I was like, yep, I leave it up to North like Carolina. The, like the one right? that's... Fill that seat. Yeah. Fill that yeah. seat. He's like, leave it to you guys. Like the spontaneous Walt, one that's happening yeah. outside Walter Reed Hospital right now. Yeah. yeah that's kind uh, of interesting. You know, and, and that's another thing, you know, like uh, Donald Trump, you know, coming down with COVID, I really got, I really have to express my dissatisfaction and total disappointment in, in some people outside of, you know, the trolls and the easy Easily misled. Uh, I I think that you should be ashamed of yourselves if you ever wished anything bad on the president in terms of. Well, the you know what the thing is though it it it, it, it has re- it is and that's sad Disgusting. because you know what I I there's a lot of people except for that guy in the motorcycle there's a lot of people I hate <laughs> including Justin Trudeau I think he's a jackass I would not wish him dead do I want him gone yes and I will use my my Canadian God given right to vote him out of office but I don't wish somebody to kill him I don't wish him to die ah the same people that are screaming wear your mask and you're gonna kill us all they're they're all they're all wishing bad things on the president I mean but it you shows you the, the truth it, 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 and it's so sad because it's such a it's a commentary on today's society, but it shows you, it allows people to bring out their true nature now. Oh, it's, it's ugly. And, it, and it's sad because when Kim Jong-un, I know. who's <laughs> terrible leader, who, who rules with an iron fist, who puts members of his family in front of anti-tank guns, <laughs> wishes the president of the United States get well better, but then you got asshats outside the hospital saying, we don't care how he feels. Like, like really? Justin Trudeau wished him well. And then used and then used and the then remainder of his, and then used the remainder of his time to talk about something that was so 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 self ingratiating, right? You know, Canada's doing everything. Did he possible show people? Did he show us socks again? Uh, no, 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 no. Like I mean, I, I'll just just off the cuff. Uh, you know, you know, I certainly you know we went through it in my home, and we wish you know uh, President Trump you know uh, a speedy recovery. And then he goes, then he goes, but it's not just him that's got it. This is a problem that's being dealt with around the world, and he, like you. Use the rest of the the rest of the interview to talk about, of course. You know how, how this is an issue for everybody, and we, you know, not just the president, but everybody. And we we want to we want to you know make it better, and the you know, tough times come. Like he he just sees the opportunity to talk about something else so that he could look cool and it's like god you know what i i just i, I i'm sure i'm which, like most people goes, i i don't like watching him anymore i, I really don't what just goes to show you that because he, he 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 didn't have to say anything he did because he, he was just playing politics because of the speed to which he's like okay okay done now on to what i really want to talk right, about yeah Right, yeah. so just he's just playing politics, but oh, it, yeah. like like I said, it just it it, it Get just well, goes to show that people come out and say, "Wish he dies in this and that." And I'm like, you know what? Like you, you <laughs> you're sad. Like I'm sorry. Like if 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 you're on my Facebook page or Instagram, like unfriend me. I don't want to be. I don't want to be around people that wish death on people that just because they don't like him. Like that makes no sense. Like, like there's lots of people I don't like. I don't, I don't like people I work with. I don't wish them to die. Like, it, it, like it's, I don't get it. it. It really speaks to maturity levels and or, you know, stability. 
in many like cases. it's something that I would like. That's something I expect one of my grade fours to come in from East. Mr. Hennethan, Johnny said that he wished I died. Like that's what I expect at work. Not from not from people in their forties or fifty or whatever. Yeah, you know it's like, it's kind of sad to watch. Uh, I some... support your right to not like the guy for whatever reason. I support that because that's called free speech. But I will never support your right to or your. I will never support someone who wishes death on on somebody because they don't like them. Like that that is very high school. Nothing he can do is right because you don't like him. Conversely, everything he does is wrong because you don't like him. Like that, like again, that's something I deal with in, in my grade four and five classroom. I don't want to deal with that with people that I know. I don't want to deal with that with, with adults. That, that's not something that, that we should have to deal with. I couldn't agree with you more. I uh, I think that it's uh, very you need sad. need to take a breath now. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. getting lightheaded. You, you, <laughs> Rona! Rona! <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna have to do uh, get you, get your blood pressure checked. I'm gonna go, where's that one. where's that Ontario government Ontario website? I'll go see if it, what it says. Uh, you know, you may have to have, have to go back to work. No, uh, I, I I watched the debate though, and back to, and back to that. Uh, I think that a lot of people, you know, left uh, after watching some or all of it with a bad taste in their mouth. And I can tell you right now that, you know, he had one of two choices. Uh, when I say he, I mean Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump had one of two choices. Uh, he certainly was debating not only Joe Biden, but also the moderator, yeah. uh, Mr. Chris Wallace. Yeah. Who clearly and, uh, and, and sometimes more than just a subtle way uh, was gearing the questions and uh, certainly uh, controlling the debate uh, in, a, in a very subtle way in Joe Biden's favor. Uh, but well, well, no, what I was going to say was yeah. is that, you know, Donald Trump had one of two choices. He could either let uh Biden and Wallace run all over them uh, with, you know, whether they be trues, not trues without addressing those issues. Uh, or he could try and fit his words in edgewise, which, of course, deteriorates quickly into uh, a whole lot of jarble as, uh, you know, Joe Biden argues back and forth with him. It's very difficult, you know, to, to listen to when two people are trying to talk over one another. But I mean, your choices are either look like an idiot and let them get away with a lie or speak stand up, your ground. speak up, stand your yeah. ground. And and nobody really enjoys anything, uh, you know, but but you try and figure out what was said in there. It's like, ah, you know, well, like, I. I, I get it. At the same time, I saw I, I loved when they tried to get him uh, parked into a corner on the Proud Boys. That was interesting. Uh, when I when I heard that one, they're like, you know, like Joe Biden's leaning in saying, say it, say it. Proud Boys, Proud Boys. I'm going, wow, they really want him to denounce the Proud Boys group. And when I saw his Which response. Which is, I don't, I know very little about them. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple snippets here and there, but they, I know they're a very multicultural group. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of confusing to me when Joe Biden came out and called them white supremacists because they have all races, creeds, colors, et cetera, et cetera, that make up their population. I, I, I believe their leader, their leadership is uh, one half Cuban. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, but well, uh, just the same, though, I watched this uh, Proud Boys uh, organization group leader step forward and uh, give an interview where he said, like, we we denounce any elements of white supremacy. We rooted out from our group. We do not condone that. Like, yeah, I, I saw that. He said there's a vetting, some kind a, of vetting there's, process. There's that process, they actually go you know, through. Uh, Unlike the Democratic Party, who started the KKK. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about that. No, uh, yeah, but but or no. Joe Biden, you know, dropping the N bomb that's all over the place. You don't see that coming around. No. But I but I did enjoy but I did enjoy Donald Trump when they tried to, to get him to denounce you know the the Proud Boy organization. I liked I liked how he came back quick with a you know stand down, stand by. Right, and I was like, holy shit! Did he just tell the Proud Boys to stand by? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. This is going to be... <laughs> this is getting really interesting really fast. Um, you know, certainly right after the debate, he's diagnosed with COVID, and they whisk him off to... What, what's the name of that hospital that I they're claiming he's at? Oh, the, the army... Uh, Walter Reed. Walter Reed. It's a military hospital, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, for the people out there that are examining, uh, you know, footage uh, of, you know, releases... Uh, announcements by President Trump who are, you know, seeming to think that he's someplace other than that it's an, hospital. It's, a, it's an interesting video, I tell you. Well, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that will sit there and say, oh, the conspiracy theorists, they're back at it again. Well, I, I can tell you this much. If I was Donald Trump right now, 
and uh, the waters were as shark infested as they are, I don't know that I would be announcing where I am. So yeah, I think it's a yeah. safe bet that he's not actually where he says he is. Or he was there for a very short period of time and maybe you know, he's elsewhere. Oh, hey, maybe, you know what? Maybe there's a guy there at the hospital that looks a lot like him. Uh, I'm, I'm willing I'm willing to bet that that's happening. Oh, the guy's wearing a Halloween mask. Uh, well. <laughs> just laying in the bed. I, uh, you know what? Uh, it's, Yelling you're it's, fired every 10 minutes so people are... <laughs> Well, just the same, you know, the debate uh, for the people that watched it very closely, you know, like I was forced to, um, you know, I I had a couple of takeaways from that. Uh, Clearly, uh, we've never seen Joe Biden uh, that lively, that spry and that together. I've been watching the man talk for months now and uh, very carefully. And I've never seen him so sharp. Did you notice a change in his uh, no, usual battle? No, I didn't watch it, but I did notice a couple things. The day oh, that's after, right. Yeah, yeah. You know. where, where they show the little wire coming out from under his lapel and the thing taped to his wrist or whatever it was. Well, apparently, which apparently, I thought was well, kind apparently of Trump's team had wanted, uh, you know, they requested each, an inspection. They requested an inspection. You know, equipment, much, yeah. much, the, much the same they would uh, do, you know, to um, fighters before, you know, uh, uh, contests, you know, like inspect gloves, make sure that you haven't got any powdered weight, you know, lead in there, you know, like. Uh, uh, they they declined uh, to allow uh, people to be inspected. You know, so if he was receiving help beyond that which he received from Mr. Wallace, then you know that's, that's entirely possible. Didn't they request a drug test too? Yeah, at one point. I mean, I could see someone saying, "Fuck you! I'm not going to piss into a cup for your you know your son." Trump is all over. Yeah, I'll right? do it. But Trump, Trump's like, "I'll do it." Yeah. Well, I could tell you, I watched I watched Joe Biden speak. You know, uh, quite a bit. You know, and I've seen a lot of footage of him speaking. I've never seen him so together and so sharp. I, like a, a completely different man than I'm used to seeing. Um, you know, for anybody out there that, you know, would speculate that there's a, you know, clone wars are about to begin. I don't know. Like, I mean, like, it just didn't seem like the same guy. Like, he really did seem very, very alert compared to what uh, I've been used to seeing over the course of the last year or so. But uh, but ultimately, though, uh, you know, the, the, the debate kind of came went. One thing I'd ask you is they, they, they've now picked a second moderator who. Yeah. Right. And, and now so that for the next debate. If there is, in fact, to be one for the next debate, they've got another moderator. Now, if it wasn't bad enough that the first one still was, a Democrat was somewhat you know, yep. questionable. Now, the second moderator has apparently uh, worked with Joe Biden's office. He was because well, there's, there's a an age uh, d- difference, right? Yeah. A marketable age difference. So yeah. I believe I read that he was an intern or, yeah, worked in the Biden office in some capacity in the past. So, gee, I guess there won't be any bias this time, but it's funny because after the first, after the first, uh, um, debate, someone actually went through, watch it again and broke it down in terms of, so they said Biden was interrupted 15 times by Chris Wallace, right? Is that the guy's name? Yeah. Modern Trump was interrupted 75 times. So, and, and a couple of clips that I saw, it's kind of like, okay, who's the, is it Biden he's debating or is it Chris Wallace, the clip that they show? Yeah. Because it's like Chris Wallace was fighting to make a point. It's like, hold on, dude, like you're, you're a mediator. You're not, you're not, shouldn't be like when I saw that, like that wasn't unbiased to me. Like you weren't acting as a referee. It's uh, it's just like the media. The news is so, no longer the news is no longer the news. They don't re- report the news objectively and impartially anymore. It's it's in a lot of t- a lot of cases now. Articles are like you know opinion pieces gone wrong. It's like, all editorials. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. this this is my. I'm going to speculate. Sure. The second debate will go on. It will be virtual, and they will repeatedly cut off his Trump's microphone. Well, I'm saying it right now. Wouldn't you know what? What's the, what's today's date? The fifth. I'm saying it. Yeah. Not the fourth. October fourth. I I highly. Well, you know what? Anything's possible now that they've tracked. You know, now that you, they track back the COVID to the debate uh, site location. They, yeah, they tracked it. Perhaps they, they will be the done venue. virtually, and then whoever controls the uh, mute button is going to be the one that controls that debate. And of course, uh, if it is who they have selected. Then it's going to be an interesting. And then you'll go. see how much of a farce it is. Have you seen? Have you seen the clip recently of 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 Reagan? He was in. Oh yeah, the where he, st- he stands and up and says, "He's in there." Can mic? somebody? Can some? Yeah. Can somebody please silence? And he he. I thought he was going to fight him. He right. stood up, grabbed the thing. Is this on? He goes, "I I paid for that mic." I paid for that mic. <laughs> 
Right? No, no. You know, Ronald Reagan. Fired up. Ronald Reagan was was great. You know, to watch. I remember him in the '80s, and uh, certainly he left. He was a, a very likable man. Yeah, he left a very strong impression on me as a, as a young man. Uh, I was I was not you know enjoying uh, much in the political spheres back then, but I found him to be you know interesting, especially after they tried to kill him. Uh, I remember I remember watching David Chapman. Yeah, I remember I remember watching that, and uh, you know I I remember hearing about you know the JFK assassination and you know as a child, but when uh, when someone actually tried to make an effort on Ronald Reagan's life and actually missed his heart by like an inch. Well, didn't you shoot him in the armpit or something? I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember, but it was a very, uh, if I remember correctly, it was a very small, uh, you know, revolver type handgun and, uh, it, it came close to killing him and, but he bounced back fast and, you know, he came back. He came back out. In fact, there's there's a great video where somebody, I guess, pops a balloon at a uh, at a conference or at a speak an event where Ronald Reagan is uh, speaking, and he makes he made a of, joke, he made kind of a joke, yeah. right? Saying, you know, uh, yeah, that's you know, it's not a noise I like hearing too much. And so, you know, but I remember that that clip of someone making an effort on Ronald Reagan's life, and he's you know he's outdoors, and you know you see this he's guy, on the street. This guy rushes in, and then instantly, as soon as you hear the pop, you see the scramble of the Secret Service guys going going to get him and uh, cover up the president, you see instantly that mini Uzi pops out from underneath that yeah. Secret Service agent's coat. Yeah. And, you know, instantly that, you know, that stock is Party time. Yeah, you know, like, wow. And then, of course, the term Manchurian candidate got started getting f- thrown around at will because he was reading a copy of Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, we've we've conspiracy theory from way back. Yeah, you you and I certainly have seen our fair share of uh, things. Well, I was years. a little bit older than you. You were, so I probably bit. have a. I, I may have a bit more of a vivid memory, but I I mean I do remember it. Uh, I'll tell you what I remember. I remember uh, hearing parents complain about Pierre Elliott Trudeau. I remember hearing a lot of unhappy people talking about uh, the original Trudeau. Uh, political nightmare back you know back in the seventies and early eighties. Uh, you know, surviving the aftermath of the horrifically irresponsible spending and the state it put our economy into for, you know, decades. Like, I mean, do you remember coming into uh, to high school uh, or coming out of high school and going into university and, uh, you know, the job market not looking too promising? Do you remember that? Well, I was in, in, being in university, it didn't matter at the time, really. Yeah. Because um, if I was working, it was just part-time to begin with, and part-time jobs are a dime a dozen. Yeah, you could you could easily go out and just like I worked in a warehouse in Guelph, mm-hmm. and I just I packed just did packing and it was and and I did that part time and it was flexible to my my school schedule so it worked. But I mean, if you wanted to work then, it wasn't. I don't remember difficult any difficulty finding a part time job while I was in university. See, I remember going from elementary school to high school and uh, going in for the orientation and watching the teachers cry. And saying like people are going to be losing their jobs. I don't remember that. I, I do. It was uh, it was eighty five. It was eighty five. That's when you started high school. Uh, eighty five, eighty six. I was just uh, at the tail end. I, I was I was going there for uh, an assembly, an orientation. I got there a little bit late. But you didn't go to real high school. Though. You know like, what? Come on. You know what? Be honest. Let, let me tell you, Bishop Ryan back then was a real high school. They had well, maybe BR. Yeah. BR. I, okay. you know, I, well, you, you, oh, you're not you're not knocking my cathedral alma mater. The, the school they're turning into a homeless shelter now. Oh, Did you hear that? Don't tell me. Yeah. Oh, the, the boys' school. Really? Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna turn it into something. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! Like that old building that goes back to what the 20s? It oh. might go back to the 20s. A homeless shelter. Really? Yeah. Wow. And Narinder Nan, our, our our fabulous NDP. Uh, one of our fabulous NDP city councilors is the building should, spearheading that. You, 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 you want to know? You want to know what the building should be condemned? All right, like I was in there for the. Oh, I don't know, man. Year. Like that's that's uh, a, that's nineteen twenties. Like it goes back. I, no, I was I was I was there for the hundred year anniversary. And what year was that? I, you know, Do you trying, remember? It, it was before my father passed away. So it would have been, I think, uh, 2013 or 2012. It was somewhere in there. But I remember I did a walkthrough. And, uh, of course, you know, my father talked about, uh, you know, the classrooms as we went by. And, you know, I remember where my locker was. It was really a trip down memory lane. And, of course, the pictures. Well, that's uh, the thing. The walls, like, yeah, it, it, that, just it, the nostalgia. And that's 
listen, I, I hate that school. I've always hated that school. Never, like, not that's, once that's did I could come never I'm not, beat hold us. on. You could beat us. Never liked it because I thought the, they were jackasses. They're always good <laughs> in sports. But you know what? It made me mad when I found out they were, that's what they were doing with that building. My grandfather went to that school. My, my, all my aunts and uncles and my mom went there. Right. My grandfather, my father, my brother and I all went to that school. And, you know, we did the football prodigy thing. And I can tell you right now that that school has contained within those hallways uh, more incredible, you know, memories. Any uh, high school that's over 100 years old, make it make it a uh, uh, um um, historic site. Yeah. You like, know, come on. Well, you know what? It would, it would be pretty difficult to upkeep. I, I would suggest, you know, this was my suggestion. I, I think personally, somebody should have kept the, uh, the outer brickwork as a facade and turned it into, um, you know, like, uh, condos, like a really nice yeah, condos. Or the, or the board so, of ed, but make it board of ed offices. Yeah. Something. Well, yeah, but you got to see the state of affairs. Like the, the, the place is really falling apart on the inside. It's I mean, bad. they still own it, right? Uh, so yeah, I know, but, well, I like, guess maybe you, not but you, you could see water damage and years and God knows how much asbestos might be in that building. Well, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they've probably cleaned it out by now, but, um, you know, I, the last time I was there, I remember thinking to myself, it's not really fit for much. Um, you know, okay. But you could keep the facade, you could keep the outside and, and turn, turn some of the interior into offices that the board of ed could use. Yeah. Like but for anybody that's ever driven by it on, uh, on main street in Hamilton, uh, between like, uh, Wentworth and isn't it Maine and Emerald? It's, it's at Maine and Emerald yeah. and uh, it's between the, the major cross streets are going to be Wellington yes. and, uh, I would guess uh, Wentworth. Wentworth, yeah. And if you ever go by, it's on the uh, south side of the street on Main Street. And as you come up on Emerald, you'll see this beautiful stonework. You know, that's very, uh, in my mind, you know, it's 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 not it's not quite Gothic, but it's uh, it's definitely. Um, European and beautiful. And the idea that they would turn it into a homeless shelter, I like the idea of it being used for something, you know, to help people. But at the same time, it's a real shame that it would be converted into that. Um, you know, yeah, I, that, I, I had kind of like I say, never had never had any affinity for anything to do with that school. But man, I was I was a little I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They're doing that with that yeah. place. I mean, there's so much history there and. And, and, and everything else, it's like, come on. Well, you know, uh, hopefully people have uh, removed the pictures that were in there. Uh, oh, hopefully, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping they're in storage. Yeah. Uh, it's, there, there really is a fantastic history that goes with that place. Anybody that attended, you know, Cathedral Boys High School, uh, you know, this is the fate of that uh, that poor structure. Uh, you know, I still like going by it. Every time I do, I, I have, you know, little flashbacks. Any school that has your name on a trophy that goes back to the the 30s and the 40s should, shouldn't be meeting the fate that it's meeting. No. Whether I, again, whether I like them or dislike them, yeah. that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, and, and, and I get it. Uh, you know, in politics, sometimes strange decisions must be made. Uh, but at the same time, I'm a little ashamed of the Hamilton. Uh, Do you know the story behind how they, the football team started there? No. So when they, when they built the school, and, and I, 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 I was told the story years ago, so I'm, I'm hoping I'm not far off. I guess whoever the first principal of the board, they said they, they wanted somebody that would obviously, cause it's a Catholic school. They wanted them to be a priest, whatever, mm -hmm. but they, they were looking for a football coach and I guess they weren't getting any. They actually went, they recruited a priest from the university of Notre Dame. That's the story I was told to start that football program. Well, uh, you know, something, something along those lines. Well, yeah. I, I can, I can tell you right now that, uh, you know, certainly to, well, to teach and coach the coach football. well after, well after I had left cathedral boys, uh, and certainly long before I had ever shown up and my father sang the same song as you see the blue and white way down the field. You know, like it was very reminiscent. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> the tune, the tune, the tune, the, was the very, words are very different, but it was, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty close to the Notre Dame fight song. It's the Notre Dame fight song. Yeah. And, uh, certainly, and that's fine. Yeah. And my father told me about, you know, uh, coaches that were, uh, that were also priests <laughs> that yeah. would, that would not think twice, uh, about punching you in the face. Yeah. If you stepped out of line, uh, Cathedral Boys was definitely one of those places where you could get rocked by uh, a priest. My, my uncle who went there got 
got punched by a priest oh, once. Yeah. Father Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a madman. There eh? are lots of Father Kennedy stories he, floating around coming out of that he, building. You know what? He he cracked really, them right in the skull. You know what? If you grew up in the seventies and or earlier, like no, this was in the fifties. No, but I'm saying like if you grew up in the seventies or earlier, uh, you know, I caught certainly the tail end of a generation where you know a priest you know could throw you down a flight of stairs if you weren't careful. Uh, they were pretty rough back then, and uh, that's not to say that it was right, but uh, times were different, and kids did not misbehave. No, I think, I, th- I don't know what my uncle was do- I know, I can't remember the story. I've been told it a hundred times. I don't know if he fell asleep in class or something like that. Like, oh, oh man, you just did not do that oh. in Father Kennedy's class. Right. Good Lord. We're, talk- we're talking about a time, folks, where a sigh was considered a form of back talk. <laughs> <laughs> like you, yeah, right. I remember my my father telling the story how my uncle, uh, my grandfather, I guess, had uh, yelled to my uncle uh, to hold the ladder for him, and my uncle came outside and made the mistake of saying, "How long is it going to take?" <laughs> and what decade, decade was this? Uh, we're talking, we're talking uh, the um, late fifties. How bad of a beating did he get? <laughs> after, hold on. Apparently, after he held the ladder, how bad appa- of a beating? Appa- apparently, my grandfather was displeased. Grandpa Joe didn't suffer much stupidity. <laughs> he wasn't going to hear anything even remotely. No, no, like, Joe came off the ladder ooh, after his job and kicked somebody's ass. Oh, yeah. You know, times were different then. Uh, certainly some great stories. We'll have to do a, a podcast that's just just those stories from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. One oh, of these geez, days. My uncle, my uncle's... In his 80s now, and he, he would have some good Father Kennedy stories. Uh, well, you know what? We'll have to grab, sit down and do that well, sometime soon. I, I got to get him down here. All right. Well, Coach Nick, I think we're going to wrap this one up and call it a day. Yep. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure. Okay, folks, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Instagram. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight. Stay safe. <laughs>